This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. As I said, it's that time of year, and actually I look forward to a time of prayer and, and fasting after we just feasted, and uh, this is a time that really... Uh, what I like about it is the results. We see so many things happen. I, I do believe in, in prayer and fasting because the things that happen, there are many people experience breakthroughs and, and uh, healings and just uh, relationships restored. We've had people that had no contact with their family for years and through the, the time at the first of the year, the prayer and fasting, uh, a contact's made and they're connected once again with family. So many um, testimonies that uh, I have uh, files and files of, of testimonies of things that happen. When we seek the Lord and we put Him first, things happen. Well, who would have thought it? <laughs> you mean spending time with Him pays dividends? Wow. It does. It always does. And this is a time, it should be all year round, of course, but we take some time that we put an extra amount of time, emphasis, and, and really devote some time to the Lord. Because I believe when you put Him first at the beginning of the year, it sets the course for the entire year. Just like when you go to church the first day of the week, it sets the course for your week. That's the way God set this thing up. You put Him first, the rest comes in order. So we want to take this time and pray and, and fast. And let me say this, that um, the Daniel fast is what many of you do. And that's no sweets, no meats, no bread. And you can make it the way that you, you do. Maybe this year you... You take a, a day and you do a, a juice fast. You know, just whatever the Lord is leading you to do. I have a couple people have told me, uh, they're not here this morning, but they're doing a media fast. Um, no Facebook, no TV, no nothing like that. We'll see how the withdrawals go. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing to get away and spend time with the Lord. It's a biblical thing also. It's not something that we just pull out of the air. It's a biblical thing to do. And Jesus is our example. So maybe we need to look to him. And we start next Sunday. And we go through the 23rd, 21 days. And then the 24th we have a night of worship. Where we come and we worship God. And we believe God. And we'll uh, lay hands on you. And we'll believe God for your miracle. For that thing that thing that you're believing, trusting Him for uh, to happen. I mean, believe there's plenty of things to pray about. There's many things to pray about. Never runs out. But thank God we can run to Him. It's like Pastor Rob was, was ministering there, running to Him, surrendering to Him. When you find that things are too big for you, just surrender. Surrender to Him. When I, when I look at my kids, grandkids, uh, 
there's plenty to pray about. When I, and that's not a, a bad way. <laughs> I'm not saying bad about them. I'm just saying the future. There's things to pray about. When, and you think about Father's heart. 30% of the Mid-South region are even in church. Even go to church. 30%. I mean 70% are not even in church. And you think about Father, Father's heart. His, his creation, 70% of them, nothing. It'd be like me taking my three grandchildren and say, well, God, um, I pray for one of them to serve God. Actually, that's 33% in it. Point, never mind. No, we, we need to pray. We need a harvest. We need people to come to Jesus. And it takes us praying. It takes us doing our part. And it's easy to get distracted with other things. In John 20, verse 21, So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And this is Jesus speaking to every believer, every disciple. He's saying, as the Father sent me, I send you. In other words, I'm your example. I'm your model. Uh, my life, my faith, my ministry. That's what you're to do. We're to, we're to carry on His vision. We're to carry on uh, the Father's heart that was released through Jesus. We're to carry on the ministry. But here's the thing, we also have the responsibility. Because he's given us grace, he's given us everything we need to carry it out. But we, we want the works of Jesus, we want the, the great things that he did, but what did, it, did Jesus do to get there? What was the first thing he did before he even started ministering to anyone? He prayed and fasted. We don't like to talk about those works of Jesus. <laughs> we want the other, other good parts. But he spent time with Father. And you find that all through scriptures, he separated himself and spent time with God. With his Father. And we have to be like that. We have to be those that are disciples or followers of Jesus and do it like he did it. At the beginning of his ministry. I've shared this before. But the dream that I had. A few years back. And Ellen and I were. Being stalked. By a killer. And this guy was ruthless. He was everywhere. I turned a corner and there he was. And he was following us. And I caught my eye. I saw him and I said Lord. You know, protect us, and we're we're going along, and we're going we're going on vacation. We're going on this cruise, and we get on the cruise. And I think, well, I can relax. The stalker, he's not here or anything. And then I see him, and he's staring right at me. And so I take off, and I, I take Ellen. We we take off. We're running through the cruise ship, and we actually we run through this part. Everybody's dancing and stuff. It's like something you'd see in a movie, just crazy. And we're running through, and, and I, I think we've lost him. 
And then I see him over at, at the side door, and there he is just staring. Can't get away from this guy. I told Ellen, let's go to her room. Let's go there. We're going to stay there. We're going to pray. We got to think about this. We go to the room, and I hear someone getting in next door. And I look out. I just peek out and look, and it's him next door to us. Wow, this is, this guy's something else. So we're in there and we're just praying everything and got peace. I know God's with us. He's protecting us. So we get up early. We're going to go up on top and we're going to do the walk. Walk around and just enjoy the, the morning. And we're up there and I see him and he's talking to a lady. And he's over across from us. He's talking to this lady and all of a sudden I see him take his arm and push her overboard. And I, I come over running and yelling and I, I see this guy that, that works there and I call him over and he starts questioning the guy and asking, you know, what's going on? I said, he pushed this lady over and he said, I didn't push anyone over. I didn't do that. I said, there, a lady did, did fall. She fell over, but I saw him just knock her over. And he denied it and everything. And then I, I woke up. And I woke up and I sweat. I mean, it's like I'd been in the ocean, you know. And I wake up and I just go, Lord, who is that man? And he goes, distraction. Distraction can kill you. It can be fatal distractions. And... And that is what a lot of times when you start walking with the Lord, what we deal with, there's so many good things out there, good options. We get distracted with so many choices. And it's not really choices that we're choosing immoral things. They're good things. But we're missing out. We, we get numb to the fact that we need to be with Him. We get numb to the fact that we've become comfortable and content and, and numb to the place in our soul that's aching to be with Jesus, that's longing to be with Him. And we fill our life and there's so many gadgets and devices and, and things that can fill our life in this day and time. Good things, fun things, not bad things, but they steal because we're distracted from Him. That's what really a time of prayer and fasting about is about getting our priorities right. It's about getting with Him and saying, Lord, I open my heart to You. Is there anything in me that's I'm distracted with good things? Is there anything in me that needs to be cleaned out? I want it out. I want to be everything that You've called me to be. It's called being in the secret place with Him. Don't keep the secret place a secret from yourself. I'm talking about that place you can go to with Him that it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You can have peace. And you can hear His voice. 
See what happens. We get distracted. We start doing our own thing. We start relying on our own ability. We start making decisions without asking Him, is this the right way? Without getting direction. And the next thing you know, we start getting even bored with God. God's not boring. You're boring. Not God. What's happened? You're not spending any time with Him. You're not going to the source of life. You're not getting that refreshing, that time with Him, that direction, that vision, that passion for Him. And you can even start turning against God. You can move away because of distractions, because of good things. They can become fatal. We need to seek His face. We need to pray. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for this Mid-South area. We need people to know Him. We need to be on top of our spiritual life. We need to be fit where people can see Him in us. We're supposed to be the ones that are his hands and feet. If you're going around with your feet dirty all the time and you kind of smell like the world, if your breath is so bad, no one wants to be around you. You're not going to be very attractive. If all you're doing is going around judging someone, If someone's going through a, a tough time, they didn't get an answer that they wanted, the ministry of encouragement and comfort is not, you didn't have enough faith. You just need faith in God. It's not the right message at that time. Amen? How about some love? How about we've all been there and we've all missed it? Anybody here never missed it? I want to shake your hand and we're going to cast that line thing out. <laughs> we all have. We're all in this together. And, and Lord of mercy, I missed it fasting. Uh, I have blown more fast than I probably completed and did right. Just being honest. And had to go through the guilt and condemnation of that. Hallelujah. I've gotten past that. I blow it now. I just go on the next time. <laughs> but God's a good God. And He loves you. Let me read to you this. Uh, I just got it. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, yesterday or maybe it came in Friday. I just glanced at it and said, this is really good. This is in Charisma said, uh, television viewing has a strangled hold on too many Christian homes. This is by uh, Dr. Steve Green. and It's a great little article, but listen to this. He says, um, the average adult watches four hours of television every day. At least one tel television is on for an average of seven hours and 40 minutes every day per home. 40% of homes view television programs during dinner. 
49% of Americans agree they watch too much television. What about the viewing habits of American children? One-year-old children average six hours of television exposure per day. Children ages 2 to 17 watch an average of 19 hours and 40 minutes of television each week. Children of that age average 38 minutes of conversation with their parents per week. Who's being the influence? TV. Over 56% of children aged 8 to 16 have televisions in their bedroom. 70% of daycare facilities have at least one television on throughout the entire day. And then, uh, I thought this was pretty good, uh, near the conclusion of his article. Think for a moment about inviting a babysitter into your home. You soon, soon learn the sitter is foul-mouthed, scantily clothed, violent, uh, sexually suggestive. How many of us will allow this sitter to spend six to ten hours with our children? But many parents give little thought to the impact of television programming on young minds. The path of least resistance is a straight line to the TV set. And they ended the thing with, we don't need a remote control to connect with Jesus. And, of course, in our day and time, you could say phone. You know, people can watch TV on their phone or videos all day and um, they say there's a new addiction. Facebook, people being addicted, spending 10 hours a day losing sleep because they're addicted to Facebook. What if we were addicted to Jesus like that? What if we know the impact that media has and, uh, on our lives or on our thinking? What kind of impact would God have? He's much more powerful than the media. But we got to give him, give him time. Is there anything wrong with these things? No, they're, they're good things. There's good thing. You can watch good things. You can be selective. And there's good things on TV. There's good things to, to watch videos or listen to, whatever. Facebook, there can be good things there. You can connect with people. I've connected with people I went to school with that I, I never would have connected with if it wasn't for Facebook. It's, I'm just saying, who's first? Who's on first in your life? Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. This is Jesus beginning his ministry. He started it with a 40 day fast. Said, then Jesus was led by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, Do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Satan is pressuring him or tempting him with food. It's going to happen when you fast. <laughs> and the devil doesn't even have to be involved. You know, you can be driving down the road and the aroma of food will just impact you. <laughs> food will come from every way. 
It's the only time uh, that I've been offered. I remember at work being offered all this free food would come when I was fasting. And then you wanted to keep it secret because you're not supposed to tell anyone. So I didn't want to tell them I'm fasting, but, well, you're going out to eat. My boss asked me one time, you're going out to eat? No, I'm not going out to eat. Well, I've got this huge meal because uh, the salesman come, he's taking me out to eat. I've got all this. And he had a spread of food. Don't you want this? I finally just had to tell him. He said, oh, then he give you a strength. Now, he was a Christian, but he wasn't the fasting type. <laughs> you know what I mean? And anyway, just gave a strange look, but he knew I was a little strange anyway, I guess. <laughs> he said, okay, okay. Satan came at Jesus with the worst torment, really a necessity of life, food. And tormented him, tempted him with this. But Jesus withstood the temptation. Now, um, if you heard me teach on this before, Jesus actually proved or stood in the place for us and defeated Satan face to face. And this is the victory that we can stand in when you're fasting. Uh, then in verse 5, the devil took him to the holy city. Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you're the son of God, and he keeps attacking this identity, if you're the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will, lay, they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. So here's the next attack. The first attack was against the body. This one is against the soul. He's trying to torment Jesus emotionally and get him to commit suicide. To get him to jump off and commit suicide. Jesus withstood the greatest emotional temptation that you can face and defeated the enemy. And we stand in his victory over the enemy. The uh, emotional attacks are, are really, doctors say, are stronger than physical attacks. And the emotional attacks affect the physical. But we're to go to God and let the peace of God rule and reign in our hearts, casting all our cares upon Him because He cares for us. So Jesus, He took uh, the physical now he's taking emotional. The next step would be the, the spiritual. Next the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. I will give it all to you if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of him. Of Jesus, So we see a spiritual attack here. And he's saying, if you will worship me, I'm going to give you all this. I'll give you all the riches, all the glory of this world, if you will worship me. Now it's interesting to me that Satan used riches and the glory or power to tempt Jesus to worship him. 
It's the same today. The enemy uses riches and power to pull people's allegiance not to God, but to Him. To Satan. And there's more people not serving God because of riches and power because they think they don't need God. And then you can link this to the pride of life. You can link uh, the, the body being the, the lust of the flesh, seeing um, uh, the glory and the, the riches would be the pride of life, saying, I don't need God. I'm self-sufficient. I don't need Him. I'm going to go my way, not His way. It's the pride of life. And you have people who don't worship God because of this battle that goes in. I mean, we have many uh, celebrities, and, and you study their history, they turned from God when they got rich. Israel turned from God when they got rich. They had wealth. What's happening to America? They're saying that in 20 years we could be like Europe and not even a Christian nation. Why? We're blessed. We're blessed here. Just go on the mission strip. Go to Africa. You'll find out that the poor here are rich. We're blessed. Don't let the blessing of the Lord turn you or distract you of all the good things that our wealth gets us and the blessings here. Distract you from the giver of the blessing. Distract you from the one who gives you your next breath, who is the very source of life. So our battle is, it's the same battle that we have today that Jesus faced here. And it really takes up residence in our soul. The battle is in the mind. Because Jesus, when you become a new creation, your spirit man is, is like him. And it's sealed by the Holy Spirit. But your soul, where the enemy comes and he lies to you, or he brings... Distractions. Because really, anything that distracts you from God and His purpose and His plan for you is from the enemy. But He can be sly about it and use so many good things, so many options. Do you know people get, you get just a, a little bit of time, of, you get your, your work done, those necessary things that you have to get done, and then you, you can spend all your time looking at options. Well, what about this one? What about... <laughs> There's so many... Op we didn't have those many options before. My dad said, we're going to get ice cream. You want vanilla or chocolate? <laughs> now you go and you're, everybody's making the decision. Oh. Vanilla! No. <laughs> now I'm right there with them. I don't know either. Uh... <laughs> oh, that looks good. <laughs> Choose him. <laughs> Choose him first. And I'm glad we got different flavors. I think. Fasting puts the flesh under our spirit, the spirit man. Our flesh 
can dominate us. Start fasting and you find out how loud the voice of your flesh is. It will scream to you. I have watched the TV and there be a commercial I could smell the food. Fasting really helped me see, boy, the flesh is something else. You're talking about loud. Fasting doesn't change God, it changes us. And that's something to, to remember. I remember doing some fasts where I was trying to get browning points with God. God, will you pretty please do this for me? You're... You're not getting anywhere that way because it's the finished work of the cross. It's by grace. He's already accomplished it. What am I doing? I'm changing me. I'm getting my flesh under where I can hear from Him, where I can fully surrender to Him. That's what I'm doing. I'm in position to receive the grace of God because the price has been paid at the cross. It is a finished work. I don't deserve it and I can't earn it. He did it. It's a free gift. I'm just putting myself in position to hear from Him, to hear His voice, to spend some time with Him. Well, Pastor, I haven't heard from God in a long time. Well, maybe your flesh is too loud. Maybe you need to spend some time with Him where you can hear His voice. Matthew 6, 17, But when you fast, it's Jesus speaking. But you... If you fast, no, he says when you fast. When you fast, not if. Anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Say, when you fast. I don't have to have some great revelation or some, uh, some feeling to fast. I make a choice because I know it's God's will. He said it. Jesus said, when you fast, it's my decision. But here's the thing, he expects me to. He expects me to fast, because he said, when you fast. If he, if he didn't expect me to fast, he wouldn't say, when you fast. He'd say, if. But he said, when. Well, I don't care for fasting. Well, I can understand that. But he said, do it. Are you a disciple? Are you a follower? Is he our model? Is he our example? And he just told us to. But my flesh doesn't like it. I know it. I know it. I feel your pain. In a few days, I will really be feeling the pain. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Do you get through the tough part? glorious. Your physical senses get heightened and you look around and you see things differently and you can connect with God and hear and breakthroughs happen and you hear direction. Things change. Not because he changes, it's because we change and we got ourselves in position. There's a culture out there trying to steal our kids. There's a culture out there trying to steal your life. There's a culture out there that's turning against God and the values and the things of the kingdom are being mocked and laughed at and ridiculed.
But it's time for the people of God to rise up and pray. It's time for the people of God to get with Him and spend time with Him. And then you'll start looking like Him. You'll start acting like Him. It's easy. It's so easy for us to be distracted. It's so easy for us to be complacent. It's so easy for us to be content where we're at. But it's not what the Scriptures tell us. Jesus said, when you fast, don't appear to be fasting. And that's the reason I try to, you try and keep it secret. And at first, I felt guilty because I had to tell my boss. God's not into that. It's ridiculous. Sometimes you just have to tell people. I would tell as few as I could. But sometimes you have to. It's not a big deal. God is still on the throne. He didn't fall off because you read the scripture. I said, well, God, I'm supposed to, it's supposed to be a secret. I was a mess. <laughs> That's bondage. He's good. Let's tell you God's good. Thank you. But here's the, the part that really got to me. It says, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. God will reward you for fasting. How many want God to reward them? How many like rewards? God will reward you. And He keeps His word. Every time I've, I've prayed and fasted, there's been reward. And I've known uh, many times it's, it's down the road later. Something will happen and go, what? And then I'll remember it was through that time of prayer and fasting. That's the reward of God. God will keep His Word to you and reward you for it. It's worth it. And now I used to feel guilty. God, I really, and I'm, I'm there again. I need to lose weight. Oh, it's wrong motive. Oh, excuse me, Lord. Oh, I rebuke that. I rebuke that. So I'd be excited. I'm about to lose some weight. I rebuke that. I rebuke that thought. No, no, no. I, oh Lord, I, I, I'm fasting because I'm seeking you. One day he said, it's okay to lose some weight. I said, what? You mean I've been going through all these years and just rebuking because I was excited about it. I mean, you're talking about some fast weight loss. Fasting. He said, I'm after the whole body. So fasting is healthy for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You've set me free. I told Ellen this morning, hot dog, my clothes are going to fit again. Hot dog. Thank you, Jesus. You don't know what a struggle it is, you skinny. Never mind. Some of you are. Okay. <laughs> God rewards fasting. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith. You got to do it by faith. You believe God will reward you, he will. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Fasting's about diligently seeking Him. It's because we love Him. That we're setting aside some time. 
And, and young people, you can get in on this. And don't, parents, don't make your little kids fast. They, they need to eat. Make it a video game or something. Minister to them where they're at. God rewards the diligent. Diligently seek here. This is what it means. It means to seek for something with all of one's heart, strength, and might. It presents a picture of one who seeks something so passionately and determinately, he literally exhausts all his power in his search. God will bless your diligence. All your might, all your strength going after him. That's what prayer and fasting is about. That's what this time is about. Time we set aside and set aside some good things to seek the best thing, to seek Him. Matthew 23, 12, Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. And you find this in, in uh, the Psalms 35. David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. And you find uh, being humble, when you humble yourself, one way you do that is fasting. It is humbling to fast. You find out what's really in there. Ellen used to dread this time of year. Because I was not a happy camper. Stuff was there that I didn't know was there and needed to be gone. I lived irritated. It didn't take anything. Why my flesh? But then after a few days, you break through that stuff. And, and let me mention this. I, I really believe the best way to fast is a juice fast. Don Colbert, toxic relief. I've talked about uh, before. And we'll make, uh, every year I, I've taught so much on prayer and fasting, we got several series that you can get just go out and sign up we'll get you that because I'm not going to spend uh, probably just a couple weeks on this but a juice fast gets those toxins out of your body it's very health healthy for you and it gives you some strength it, it's hard uh, to do the the straight water fast and I suggest do juice juicing where you have some strength and carry on now, if you do a job where it's labor-intensive, um, you probably need to eat some. You might just need to skip a meal, whatever. Just let the, the Lord lead you. But I, I believe, and the Daniel fast is great. If you need to take medication, you probably need some food. Do the Daniel fast. Do something and, and watch God reward you, you know, for that. John, uh, James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Fasting is a time of drawing near to God. He promised to draw near to you. The God of the universe, the God of all creation, promises to draw near to you. When he draws near to you, you can hear his voice. He'll speak to you. He will tell you things. Eight principles, real quick, this in your notes. Eight principles of fasting. Number one, tell as few people as possible that you're fasting. And sometimes you have to, and that's okay. But if you do tell people, they will say uh, something's wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. It isn't healthy. Now they're finding out it's very healthy for you. But used to be that people, and uh, 
my, my family, I had to tell them it didn't go good. It was just, um, you know, you're going to starve. I said, really? You think I'm going to starve? But anyway, they don't understand that. And I understand that there's people who don't understand. We need to understand that. <laughs> okay. And be, be wise. So it tells few people, as you can tell. Um, because, uh, and, and don't put, don't tell somebody, I'm doing a 21-day fast. It, it can actually become a law to your own heart because what if you break that thing and then you start thinking, what is this person going to think? They know I'm doing this. And see, this is between you and God. This is between you and God. Your focus needs to be on Jesus, not on people. And you can get focused on people. What are they going to think? You know, it's just day 10 and I'm, I'm over here with a steak and and they've caught me, you know. What are they going to think of me? So your eyes are on people then. It needs to be on Jesus. It's between you and him. So you don't want to become a law to your own heart. Number two, get alone with God. Alone time. That's what Jesus, you look at him, he had those times alone. And it's important that you get alone with God and spend that time with him. Uh, number three, feast on God's word. Don't let it just be a time that you're just fasting and you're so busy still with your, your schedule running. You know, take some time to sit, pray, and get in the word, the word of God. Number four is meditate. And, you know, meditation really is a discipline of the mind to thank God's thoughts, to thank on him. Meditate. A scripture. Take a scripture and meditate on it. You could say, uh, God chose you before the foundation of the world. Close your eyes for a moment. I want you to think about this. And it's a verse. It's based on it. God chose you before the foundation of the world to be his child. And you focus on that. He chose you. And you can see his finger from the throne. Just a finger coming out of the, the fog there. Pointing at you. I chose you. And you meditate on that. What's that do? A peace will start taking over in your life. And, and that love that he has for you. You'll start realizing it and experience it. Meditation. You need to take some time and meditate. Take a scripture and meditate on it. Get it. That's when you get it in your heart. We have a lot of head knowledge, but fear and doubt can come. But when you get the scriptures in your heart, just as easy, you know, it's almost like normal for fear and doubt to come. Just It comes naturally. It's because we've been programmed for years that way. But when you get it in your heart, it comes naturally the other way. Something comes, bad news, good news rises up on the inside of you. That's what we want to get to. Okay, no, number five. Go for walks alone. Like I said, those five, those five physical senses get very sharp. It's, 
be really neat. Take a phone break. You know, you don't have to take your phone into the secret place. Leave it out. I refuse to take my phone in the bathroom. I'm not answering the phone in the bathroom. Well, keep it out of your closet, your prayer closet, or your bedroom, wherever it is. Take some time to spend with him. Cut the TV off. Take a break. Whatever the Lord leads you to do. And spend it with him. Next, number seven, be quiet. Silence. Sometimes our mouth is running for God. And really a lot of times it's because we're in a hurry. We got to get our prayer time in. It's just, just running it off, you know. Click, 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 click. He can't get a word in edgewise. Just be quiet and listen to him. Just enjoy being with him. Relax with him. And you can get to the place where you just relax with Jesus. It doesn't have to be this prayer to say, you know, Lord, I, I sure am enjoying. I, I'll give you an example. It's watching a basketball game. I said, you know, Jesus, I, I'd love to be courtside sometime. A game one. And just not, I didn't pray it or anything. And here comes courtside seats. I said, Jesus, I ain't praying. I said, no, we were just hanging out together and I wanted to do that for you. Said, what? You mean I can hang out with you and just, yeah. Now, do I do the formal, yes, I'm praying. God, yeah, I'm, I'm praying. But you, there's a place you can just relax with Jesus, you know. And I said, Lord, that is something else. You, I'm just, you know. I got to tell you, my famous, oh, I'm out of town. I'll tell you real quick. My famous assist, if you're a basketball fan, it was at the Grizzlies game. I'm on the court side there. The ball comes to me. We're playing the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade's there. I pick up the ball. As only an ex-basketball player can do. Pick it. Pop! Popped it back to him. He took it in one leap. Leaping up in the air. Shot it. Made the basket. And go, Assist! <laughs> I loved it. I see y'all don't appreciate it. But <laughs> okay. Be quiet. Okay. Sevens, be quiet. I'm going to be quiet because we're on time. Uh, next is sleep. And when you're doing this juice fast, you're detoxing, you're not going to feel the greatest, especially after Christmas. You feel a lot of sugar and junk, you're not going to feel good. Headache and all this junk, it's just not good. But one of the best things you can do is get extra sleep. It's okay to sleep. Let's bow our heads. If today you never have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to make that decision. The greatest thing that you can do is accept Him as Lord and Savior.
And I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to do that. This is the greatest decision that you can make. What's it about? It's about surrendering to Him. Making Him the Lord of your life. That means that, that He is the boss of your life. That you've turned your life over to Him. That He's forgiven you of your sins. You're receiving the gift of salvation. It's not because you've been a good person. No one's been that good. It's not because you're a part of a church. Being a part of a church doesn't save you. It's not because you grew up in a Christian home and your parents said you're a Christian. You got saved when you were two years old. No. We're talking about relationship with Him. We're talking about hanging out with the Creator of the universe and Him calling you His very own child. We're talking about giving your life to Him. If today you've never made that decision, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you prayed this before, but you realize today you are not in fellowship with Him, that you, you need to get right. You need to get your relationship right with Him. You can get in on this prayer also and get right with Him. He loves you so much. If we knew how much He loved us, we would run to Him. If we knew the price that He paid that demonstrated His love for us, we would run to Him. So I'm asking you to run to Him this morning. No one looking around. Saints, be praying. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up and we'll pray together. And He will welcome you. His arms are stretched wide. And you, all you have to do is reach to Him and say, yes, I'm coming home. Let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for going to the cross, paying the price for my salvation. I'm grateful and I'm thankful. Thank you for saving me. I believe you died, but you, read, you were raised from the dead. And now you're alive. And now I'm alive in you. Thank you, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live for you. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up as we conclude. We're going out with worship. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.